The Hundred Marathon Club by Darren Smith. This episode is on Jeffing. Jeff, 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 Now, I want to talk about something personal, not always popular, and a bit of a taboo topic at times. I want to talk to you about walking, in the context of running races, of course. I know this will be a red rag to the bulls on social media, who I've seen write that if you've walked any part of any race that you can't say that you ran it, well, fuck them. Those are not the sort of people you should listen to. Those are the sort of people who I wouldn't trust to sit the right way round on a toilet. And I personally wouldn't waste the urine on them if they were on fire. Not when Bear Grylls is coming around anyway for a drinking session. After hitting the wall at Berlin, and then getting a PB at Manchester, I worked on my run-walk strategy going into Copenhagen. It was always a backup plan for me, a coping mechanism, if you like, a, a safety net. And I do like. I see it as... Well, let me use an analogy. I see physical energy and mental strength like I do a bank account. You have a balance that you can spend. You don't want to make it rain, throwing the cash about until you are broke, with a week and a half to go before you get paid again. Now do you? Similarly, you don't want to burn out before the end of a race, blowing your wad before crossing the finish line. I've seen many a runner burn out and then have to pull out, when all they needed to do was slow down and walk it off. And I guess this is where I want to go with this. If you're running full tilt and your muscles are getting heavy, your breathing is getting heavy, your temperature is rising, maybe you feel a bit dizzy, and then panic sets in. You aren't going to get that PB, the one you desperately want to, to crush this time out. But you push yourself more and more. And you end up on the ground with the worried paramedic standing over you. But all this was unnecessary. I'm not saying don't push yourself. That would make no sense. We all need to strive for our personal goals. If yours is speed and a good time, then good on you. If it's completing a race, then that is something different entirely. If it's completing a race healthy and well, and actually not broken, that is also something very different. So, imagine you are running full tilt again and your muscles are getting heavy, and your, your breathing is getting heavy, and your temperature is rising, maybe you're feeling a little bit dizzy, and panic is setting in. You aren't going to get that PB, the one you desperately wanted to crush this time out. So you slow down, maybe to a walk. You catch your breath. You listen to your body. You feel it cool down. The dizziness passes. 
You maybe get to the next checkpoint and take a pause, and plenty of liquids, maybe some nutrition, preferably some real food. And sooner rather than later, you actually feel fine. You're still worried about it a little, and so you, you jog it off, but you keep going, and then, before you know it, before you know it, you're actually running again. That little pause and that little bit of water and nutrition helped you recover. It put something back in the tank. It was the interest being paid into your bank account at the end of the month, and it got you through. So where did it all start for me? The jeffing was not there, and then it was. I had been running for over three years, and it really never occurred to me that I should walk at any point of a race. My earliest, earliest memory of it was at a race in Regent's Park. I think it's the one that starts at London Zoo. A couple of girls were on a run-walk strategy, and it annoyed the hell out of me, as we were roughly the same pace overall. I would be running the whole way, and then they would come bombing past me, then slow to a walk in the distance. I kept running and caught up with them, and then, just as I went by, they came sprinting past me again. It really bugged the hell out of me, certainly bugged me more than it should have done. Talking of bugging me, I walked much of the last eight kilometres of the Berlin Marathon after hitting the wall. And I trained really hard for that one. Despite the, the PB in Manchester, I walked earlier there, but I walked less. And so when it came to Copenhagen, which was a, a few weeks later and in the middle of summer, I had read up on Jeffing. We can thank former Olympian and world-class coach Jeff Galloway for this one. And it can be best understood as a safety net for some, a coping mechanism, that's how I like to see it, but also a way of improving your speed. And, and I know that sounds a little off, but my running pace when I am jeffing is a lot faster than my running pace if I was running the whole thing. It is that briefest of recoveries that could be seen as a reward or, or also a panic room if you need it that will then get you back running sooner rather than later. And on ultras, just as a side point, Everybody walks at some point. And so I played with the idea of Jeff in Copenhagen from start to finish, just to see if I could. And for all those races in the early days, this one needed to be Jeffed more than the others. It was very hot that May. And on the race, people were passing out left, right and centre. I had been training using the Jeffing method. I had programmed my watch to initially buzz to alert me to run or walk with a, a 2 to 1, then a 3 to 1, and finally a 5 to 1 run-walk ratio. Effectively, running more than walking in the end. The key is obviously trying to keep going, 
to recover when you walk, when you walk, and and then to finish strong and well at the end. And that I did. If you actually look at the race photos, especially those on the finish straight, the people around me are destroyed. And it looks like I'm happily bimbling along on an evening's jog, looking for someone to wave to. And the jeffing progressed from there, especially in the summer of 2016 when I ran Race to the King and then 100 kilometres of Race to the Stones. I set my watch to buzz at the kilometre. I would then walk for a count, in my head anyway, of 200. And then I would run to the next buzz. And it is that strategy that helped me get through my first 100k ultra. Amongst well-publicised other coping mechanisms. It was the jeffing that meant that at 10pm, when I was at the 80km checkpoint and people lay around me broken and had all given up, they were going nowhere other than back to the finish in a bus, that I still had the strength to get up and head out toward the next and the last checkpoint. Now, did take a lot of trial and error to get it right, if truth be told, and I would recommend playing with the ratios. Also, different ratios, depending on the race, uh, the time in the race that you are, you know, obviously you'll be walking more and running less the further into the race you get, and also how you are feeling. I have a one kilometre to 200 metres walk, a run-walk programmed into my watch. So I run a kilometre, and then it tells me to walk for 200 metres, then run the next kilometre. But for later in the race, when I'm slightly more beaten, or if it's a multi-day event, then I have a 500 metre run to 100 metre walk ratio later on. And even a 300 metre run and 200 metre walk. I mean, there's never a 50-50. You always want to be running more than walking. The issue, and this is key to getting it right, in my eyes anyway, is knowing that you need to reach a point where you can still run if you need to. Now, there is a point where if you just kept walking on tired legs, then you simply can't start running again. Your muscles have just had enough. And my one-time coach and all-time running soulmate, Jenny, hates my run-walk strategy. She always cites this as one of the reasons, and it's true. If you have run for three-quarters of a race and then dropped to a run-walk, and the walk part of that is too long, then your muscles will just not want to run any more, and you're stuck walking the whole way. This is all very personal. I need you to understand that. And it's as academic as well. You know, we're all on our own running journeys. But the run-walk strategy, or jeffing, has made running a lot more fun for me. A lot more achievable. You are a lot less broken afterwards, in my opinion. Again, this is all my opinion. Jeffing is, without a doubt 
my number one coping mechanism for any race issue. If I feel unwell or dizzy or tired or anything, drop down to a run walk. I don't know why I didn't include it in the coping mechanism podcast of a few weeks ago, as it is my go-to strategy to get through races. And given that my next scheduled race in 2021 is three days of 33 miles a day in April, it will be my go-to strategy then too. And those naysayers on social media who say that because I walked part of it, I can't say that I ran it. Well, am I going to be seeing them on the 99-mile route? I don't think so. Or will they simply be judging me from behind their keyboards? Either way, I couldn't care less. There are some good websites out there regarding Jeffing, and you could always message me directly. But personally, I would say, go to the granddaddy of them all. Hear it from the source and go to jeffgalloway.com. <laughs> 